0: Uh, this morning, so along those lines, I want to talk about, you know, in the spiritual sense, we have, uh, else what else do I want to call them? Other resolutions in your mind if you want to set things into action? Um, there might be strongholds, right? Sometimes sin grabs us. Sometimes there's things that, that cling on to us. And there's things that want to bring us down or tear us down. And, and I'm going to refer to those as strongholds. And I believe, that, you know, starting this new year, that God has given us a plan in which to see, to become victorious in these moments, right? In these things that we set out to do. And so if you'd open your Bibles to Joshua, chapter 6, <clears throat> excuse me, and we'll look at verses 1 through 5 at the beginning of this and we'll kind of reference, uh, I'll touch base on a lot of this, and if you've been in church um, brother, uh, a while, you most likely have heard the story of Joshua and the battle of Jericho. Yeah, that helped a lot. That was good. Um, and it's interesting because here's this moment, and I love looking at these situations where, where a statement is made and there, there's this interaction, and it's really between God and man in this moment, right? Um, it comes to Joshua, and he says some things, and it's, we look at how Joshua reacts to them. And we kind of see what God tells him to do, and we're like, wow, this is a pretty incredible plan that God lays before Joshua. And there's I think on his side, there has to be a, an amazing amount of faith, Right? And initially, I think there is, but as you, you kind of learn, as, you, as the passage unfolds, you realize he's, he's just really kind of doing what is told, right? Which is as simple. Because if you look at New Year's resolutions and things, maybe we've sought out to change and see you know, change in our life, usually it's the follow through is where we fell. The one common denominator, right? We set the plan, we create the plan, and about three weeks, four weeks, a month into it, two months into it, we're not working our plan anymore. Right? It's that discipline component right? of continually going forward. And usually it's, it's just the matter of just, just doing it. right? It says this, there's my plan, I'm going to go do it. And it's like that in a spiritual sense, where God says, here it is, here's what I want you to do, you should go do it. And we would all agree that that is true, it's God's word, we should do it. But somewhere along the line, we just, something happened, right? And it became a resolution or whatever, and we're not doing it. Or at least we might be struggling with it, right? There might be good days and rough days throughout the year. And that was probably true to life. We probably all experienced those things. But I think if you boil all this down, it comes down to this moment of just going, you know what, uh, I'm just going to continue to be obedient. There was a story of a young man who was, he needed a job. This was during the days when the telegraph was the, the, the quickest means of communication. And, and him having a background in that, being trained in that, he saw a job opportunity in his town for a telegraph position. And so he, he got ready and, and, you know, he had his, his bath for the week. You know. He got all showered up and, and went, to the, went to the office. He stepped into the office where they were holding the job interviews and, and he looked around the room and the telegraph machine, sure enough, it's in the corner, it's ticking away and there's a secretary over here. And, and he turned to his left and he noticed that there were seven other young men who were uh, arrived in front of him vying for that same position. And so he had this moment of decision. Should I stay? There's seven guys in front of me. I'm off already late, but then he thinks to himself, I've had my, my bath, right? I'm clean. I'm going to go for it. I'll stick it out. So he goes, and he sits down. And About three minutes goes by. He stands up, and he walks right into the, to the, the manager's office. In which the other seven young men sitting out there are thinking to themselves, what in the world? Who does this guy think he's is? And they're, pretty, they're becoming kind of you know vocal about it. One guy saying, you know, what's this guy think? And how dare we've been here? He got up and walked in. And then another guy says, well, he'll probably be dismissed. No boss, right? No boss worth working for. It's going to hire a guy who shows up last. I don't care how well he showered, right? About the same amount of times they have this discussion, the boss, the manager, comes out. And he tells the other seven, thank you so much for showing up. This young man has the job. And to their dismay, at this point, they're thinking, this isn't right, right? I've got to, I've wait a minute, whoa, whoa, Timeout moment. You know, we've been here, how do you even know he's better than us? We didn't even have an interview. To which the manager tells them, well, the telegraph machine was ticking away in the corner. And it said, if you understand this, come into my office. The <laughs> job is yours. Right? To which they have no response, right? Here it is. And I think in life sometimes, in our struggles, and our walks, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as saying, here is God's word. This is what it says. I'm going to go do that. Right? We live in a world that says you shouldn't do that. That's crazy. Right? A world that says, no, here's a better way. No, do it this way. Right? If you're going to do it that way, keep it to yourself. I mean, all those things, you're, you're bombarded with it. And you'll see that played out in this passage. But it comes down to really, right, at the end of the day, hearing God's word and following it. Saying, Lord, I'm going to do this. Regardless of what this world says, this is what I'm going to do. So here's our passage. Joshua chapter 6. I'm just going to read the first five verses here. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a bigger expanse here. It says, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for these men and women here this morning. I do ask that you would open our ears uh, to the truth. God, give us the faith to believe and to apply um, your word to our lives. Let this be a year marked by change. Maybe those elements are, are strongholds in our lives that need to be brought down. Uh, this would be a year for that because of who you are, because of our obedience to the truth of your word. We pray this. Lord, bless this time. Allow me to stay get out of the way, that all our attention would be fixed and focused upon you. Pray this in Jesus name. Amen. So here we have this, this story of Joshua and, and if you go on from there, this is Joshua goes on and communicates this and, and they follow through. right They go through this and if you were to look at the book of Joshua, this is that moment in history where, where God has, has entered or He's entering them or leading them into the promised land. Right? He's turned off the manna switch. They're no longer eating manna. They've stepped into the land. They're eating off the land, right? and they're moving forward. It's a great, you can almost do a whole series on God moving forward. He's pushing these men forward. He's got his right leader. He's got Joshua. Right? He's got him in the right position, and they're coming into the land, and now they're faced with Jericho. It's like their first real big task, so to speak, in the new land. And Jericho is, is, is it's fortified. If you were to look at it, they say, I guess if you were to look at the town it's about encompasses about six acres, I think, uh, wide, so you get the idea of what they had to march around. But it had two massive stone walls. The outer wall was six feet thick and roughly 20 feet high. The inner wall was more, it was like double that, 12 feet thick, and higher than that, it was 30 feet high. And there was a 15-foot guarded walkway between these two walls. So from a military standpoint, it was probably pretty difficult. And here you have this, this situation where, where he steps on the scene. Joshua is here. He sees it. He knows where, where, where we're going, where we're heading. And right, God tells him, look, here it is. Here it is, Joshua. Do you see it? I've given it to you. Now, if we back up this, this scene a little bit, in the end of chapter, uh, chapter 5, verses 13 through 15, uh, Joshua has this encounter right, with the commander of the Lord's army comes to this he sees a man in my version it says man it's capital m so you know he's representative here uh, of the lord he says i'm the commander of the lord's army and Joshua, he first he asks him right he asks him that question who are you are you for us are you against us he assesses it man tells him who he is then he tells him to take off your sandals for this is holy ground joshua goes and worships him and then it goes down to verse 6. So Joshua is talking to this man. They've come into the new land. He's got to lead these people. He has a great task in front of him. And here's this fortified city of Jericho. It stands in front of him. So for us this morning, right, we, we don't have necessarily two walls that we have to knock down. So we're going to look at this as, as a plan in which the strongholds of our lives can be bro- brought down or broken down. Right? just the same idea that... that, that God lays before Joshua the same plan, the same principles are in play for us. If we want to see victory in our own lives, there's simple things that that God expects, all right? that he asks of Joshua, that I believe he asks of us. Because you and I facing some, if you're thinking of some of your strongholds, whether it's a a sin, maybe there's a difficulty in forgiving a loved one or, or dealing with some type of bitterness or some type of situation or you were burned at work, whatever that thing might be that you're holding on to that has a stronghold into your life, I think God wants to see victory for you. And we have this moment where we may look at that situation and go, "Um, I don't know. I've tried once. I don't know if this is going to happen. And it's interesting, right? Because God says, look, Joshua, let's put our feet in his shoes, in his sandals. Right? They're standing there. They're looking at Jericho. What do you see? I see some big walls. Right? And and." He has some men of war. They're going to march around, right? They're going to march around this. But he doesn't have battle rams and stuff to actually do some serious damage. He's got some some soldiers. He realizes there's no way we're taking this. And this is the first big obstacle. We're stepping into the land, the manna, right? The manna switch has been turned off. All right, we're committed. Here we go. And Joshua's a strategic type of individual, Right? He gets in here, and if you back up and you read up to this part, the first six verses, it's talking about them coming into the land, and he sends spies out. Right? He sends spies into Jericho, and they get found. This is where we, we learn about Rahab. Right? Her and her family the only ones who spared. She hides the spies. This is, takes place in chapter 2. And he has this idea. He has this vantage point. Right? He knows a little bit something about them. He's assessed the situation, but still, at the end of the day, he's standing with the commander of the Lord's army. He's looking at Jericho going, Do you see it? I have given it to you. Right? There's no response recorded from Joshua here. We do see what his actions are because the Lord goes on to tell him, This is what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to go about it. He, he doesn't hesitate. He does add a little bit to it. as We'll look back here in a moment. But he goes forward with it. There's no wavering in it. So the first thing that I want to point out and this idea, this model of victory that God has for, for Joshua, has for us, is that we have to have faith. We need faith in God's promises. We need faith in God's promises. If you look at verses 1 and 2, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Word has gotten to them. They know something about these children of Israel, right? And so the Lord says to Joshua, look, look what I've done, right? I've given it to you. It's in your hands. So Joshua's going to go into battle. He's going to face this city. But he's reminded of a promise. So this is what God is saying. Look, I've promised to give this to you. And he's reminding Joshua of it. (coughs) Excuse me. So as I said earlier, Joshua sends his spies in, right, to the land and Rahab, they get found out, they, they realize, hey, you guys aren't from Jericho, right? They start seeking them out, and Rahab, a harlot, hides them, right? This is back in chapter 2, and she tells the spies, this is chapter 2, verse 9, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. So here we are at chapter 2, and Rahab, the harlot, already understands. She realizes whether this is knowledge given to her, whether this is the people talking, whether this is why they're all fortified and built up. They understand, right? This is already yours. And, and of course, Joshua is is received. This is his spies. She says that to his spies. They come back, and they report this all to Joshua. So he knows, like, oh, yeah, of course he's been. This great experiences, right? Everything that he's walked through, he knows, right? We're going forward We're going to take this, but there has to be a moment where he looks at that and goes, "Um, are you sure? I would think. I don't know about you. Maybe that would run through my mind at least once, right? Half that sentence. Are you okay, right? Are you sure? Is this really how you're going to go? Are we really going to take this? So he's reminded. Then God says, right, you have a past promise just in the the dealing with Jericho, and you have this present promise in in verse 2. See, I have given you Jericho into your hand. It's king, it's mighty men of valor. The past, right, promises reminded Joshua the land the Lord had promised he's going to fulfill. So Joshua faced the walls of Jericho, but he has faith that God will fulfill his promises. Right, today we have the same idea. We have strongholds. Elements we might be looking at this morning where God is going, look, look, do you see it? I've given you victory. Are you going to move forward? Are you going to take it? Are you going to do it the way I have set and want you to do it? There's the challenge he sets before us. He has promised us the victory, and it shall be ours. 1 Corinthians 15.57 But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8.37 Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We realize that God can keep his promises, Romans 4.21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So we need to look at our strongholds this morning. Hopefully you're assessing them. It's it's new, the New Year's Day, right, 2017. You're looking at things, victories in your life that you want to see happen. Hopefully you're assessing them. You're desiring, being reminded that God desires to see victory in your life and the point i believe of this first uh, passage here these first two verses is our obstacles are opportunities for the lord we'll see that play itself out immensely here in this next point but our obstacles are opportunities for the lord it may seem impossible to us but god is saying do you trust me do you have faith in my promises do you believe i will fulfill them Warren Worsby shared this story about Hudson Taylor. He says, during an especially trying time in the work of the China Inland Mission, Hudson Taylor wrote to his wife, We have 25 cents and all the promises of God. Yeah, we would say amen. Right? We look at him and look at his life and say, yeah, I can imagine what you do. We realize that we have all the promises of God. have faith in them. God desires to make his name known, right? Not only in us, but through us. Those strongholds that are holding you down, that are keeping you, right? In bitterness, sin, whatever it might be. God has a model for victory. It begins by us believing, having faith in his promises. So we have faith in that. So this leads me to my second point, right? We need obedience. We love that word, right? Let's, Let's talk on that for a while. We need obedience to God's plan. First, we see Joshua looking at this. Okay, you've promised it. I'm staring at a fortified city, God, but I believe, right? Here it is. So God goes, okay, here's the plan. Here's what I want you to do. Verses 3, and then I'll read half of 5. He says, and you shall march around the city. All you men of war, you shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. The seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. So here on the surface, I don't know about you, but again, we're looking at Joshua's reaction to this. I don't, I, it's not recorded. There has to be a moment that, that I would think. I could be wrong. He might think this is a little bit of a strange plan. Right? You, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, for me, I know it, I would have got caught up with all the numbers. I'd be like, okay, wait a minute, write it down. One time, six, six times around, one time, seven, seven times, seventh day. We wrote it down, right? Here's the plan. And then there's, there's reasons for this, right? We're gonna, At the end of the day, we realize this is what God is going to do. No one's going to take credit for this thing. Right? I think probably Joshua understands that. Here's what I want you to do. Right? It's a fortified city. Don't you see I've given it to you. We're going to take the land. And we're going forward. I love this. Right? God's like, we're going forward. Okay. Here's the plan. And now it's not recorded that he he goes and says, you know, it doesn't change it anywhere. He doesn't hesitate. It just goes right on. If you continue reading the passage, he goes and gets his priests together, gets his leaders together. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to take Jericho. And what does he tell them? Right? We're going to walk around the city. Now think about the priests and the advisors hearing this. What kind of conversation do you think they had? Joshua, are you sure? Right? I I mean, I believe you. I'm sure you you walked. What did he look like? Right? Are you sure that was him? But there's no hesitation recorded. God's plans may seem, seem strange to us. Right? The world mocks them all the time. But This is where the obedience comes in. God has told us to do this. Here's what we're doing. And you almost see a resolve, right? A confidence. We're going to take this land. We're going to move forward. This victory is going to be from God. So he tells them, we're going to walk around the city, guys. Once, right? Once a day for six days. And then we're going to get the seven priests. Going to, they're going to bear the ark. They're going to have seven trumpets and, and ram's horns. We're going to blow the trumpets when we walk around the city. Seventh day, we're going around seven times, right? Priests will to blow the trumpets. You'll hear a long blast. When we do that, we'll have a shout. Not any kind of shout, a great shout. That moment. Here's the plan. You know, it's interesting. If you look at verse 10 of chapter 6, this is where Joshua adds to the plan. Right? If you look at verse 10, it says, Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth till the day I say to you shout then you shall shout why do you think that's important he modifies god's plan i think you've all lived life long enough right when people kind of question his advisors question this are you sure as this I mean, this seems kind of weird can you imagine getting all those people up in the morning Six times, right? They've got to go around once. Again. we get got to do this again. Can you imagine them talking to one another? I think Joshua's lost it. I think he's lost it. I don't know. He hates some strange food. I don't know what he's doing, right? Can you imagine? And what, that, what does that do? It causes more people to do what? To question and doubt. And even if it's not amongst themselves, can you imagine people in Jericho yelling at him? That has to be happening. Right? What do you guys think you're doing? You're not going to take us. Come on give it up but yet there's he doesn't want them to respond I want you to say a word focus on the task and it's like that in the world right share your your, here's my plan here's what I believe Jesus Christ saves lives he does it today just like he did it then he does it now people look at you like you're crazy and we have this decision going am I going to listen to that am I going to take part in that Am I going to walk away and cause doubt on someone? It's that moment. Joshua seems like he's, he's got some insight about the people here. He's witnessed what they've done, right, in the wilderness to some extent. They complain. We're not going to complain. We're not doing that. We're being obedient, We're moving forward. I think it's a great add-on. And the point here is this is going to be a victory, right, that is from God alone. There's not one Israelite when this happens, right? When God brings it to fruition, there's not one guy who's going to be like, I was a part of that, right, other than "This is I was there and saw what God did. That's the point. There's nothing we're adding to this. There's no nothing, right? God had had, it's the oddest, strangest plan for victory. that God is specifically doing it this way, that there's no one who's going to walk away from Jericho. And they dedicated Jericho to, to the Lord, right? They didn't, they didn't go in and siege anything. They burned it to the ground. It's because it's all what the Lord has done. It's all what he has done. I think this is a great lesson for us. Right? The secret to living this Christian life, enjoying the victory which our Savior has bestowed upon us. Where we can see sins brought down, right, repented of. We can see strongholds crushed. Jesus has done it for us. God has done this for us. We can echo the words with Paul in Galatians two twenty. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life in the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. He did this. This is what He has done. God has already won the victory. Right? I get the honor and the privilege of being obedient and following his plan, regardless of how strange it may sound to me. God told me to get up and start marching around the city. Okay, here we go. Because I've seen what he has done. I have faith in his promises. My faith leads to my obedience. Now I know we have, you know, it's football season. I I always anytime I come across a football illustration, try to weave it in. Even if it's not football season, you might come across those. I love football, and I realize that there are some Dallas Cowboy fans that attend here as well. You know who you are, okay, <laughs> because you won't be quiet about it, no. Regardless of, of how you feel about the Cowboys, this is a story about Roger Staubach, and if you're a football fan, if you're, if you're a fan of, of, of Christian athletes, I mean, he has to be high on your list. It's a story of Roger Staubach, who led the Dallas Cowboys to the World Championship in 1971. He admitted that his position as quarterback, who didn't call his own signals, was a source of trial for him. All his success, right? Phenomenal player. Love the Lord. You would think, man, he struggled. Coach Landry sent in every play. He told Roger when to pass, when to run, and only in emergency situations could he change the play, and he better be right. Now, I can't see Tom Landry doing that, but maybe he was like that. I don't know. Even though Roger considered Coach Landry to have a genius mind when it came to football strategy, Pride said that he should be able to run his own team. It's my team. I should do this. It's my plan. Roger Staubach, he went on to say, I quote, I faced up to the issue of obedience. Once I learned to obey There was harmony, fulfillment, and ultimately, victory. So we look at this question, right? So how did Joshua and the people of God overcome this obstacle? How did they overcome Jericho? They followed God's instructions. They didn't go about it their own way. They ignored Jericho, right? For us, that might be the world, what they might be saying to them. They followed the priests, right? Spiritual leaders, they marched as they were instructed. They put themselves in situations where they would be encouraged going the same direction. The trumpets and the Ark of the Covenant encouraged them. Marching with their countrymen. I imagine, strengthened them. They didn't allow any doubt to creep in. They were quiet. And I think for us this morning, the words of Hebrews 12.1 would apply to us. Therefore, we also Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We need to have obedience to God's plan, because this is something the Lord will do. He will bring it about. So as we have faith, right, I believe our faith grows, right, as we see God's promises, the fulfillment of God's promises, uh, promises. And because of that, I think our obedience can get easier, right? We become obedient to God's plans. These to my last point. We need confidence in God's power. This is the last part of, of verse 5 where it says, Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, every man straight before him. So here we have, Israel's about to learn the truth, right? The victory is, is the Lord. It's all because of God. It's not anything of themselves. It's not a result of them trying, at least, right, on our own merit and might, independent of God. but It is really resting and trusting in God's power, right? God's plan. So, we have for us today, we have this idea of, of strongholds. God desires victory. I believe He's promised that. He wants to see His children live victorious lives. He's given us a plan for it. We trust in His promises, obedient to His plan. And we have confidence in his, in his power. So, regardless of what you might be thinking about, we, we come to this situation we're here, right? The first battle. That going into the new land is Jericho. And can you imagine if, if God didn't go about it this, this way? You know, there, there have, there, I would think there would be moments where we would say, Lord, you brought us this far just to be, you know, slaughtered here at Jericho. There's another reason why God does this this way. Not only for him, right? He demonstrates to the children of Israel this will be what I will do. I have led you. I will fulfill my promises. I have been faithful. I will continue to be faithful. You will do this this way so no one takes credit. You will know I have done it. You will, you will commit this, this victory to me. You will burn this to the ground. You won't take anything from it. But at the end of the day, you will realize that this, right, sets the tone for us to move forward. See, this is the point, I think, here, is every victory that we, in, that we get, right, everything that God does in our lives grows our confidence. Right out of the gate, they're stepping into Canaan. Here's the new land. Here's the victory. God does it in a miraculous way. And for some of us this morning, we, we have this struggle. right? We may look at the strongholds. You may be thinking of it in your mind and going, well, I don't know. I've tackled it once before. I know God can do it seems like I get some victory and I come back around to it. We allow it to to, to tie us down. There was a story of a motivational speaker. His name was Jim Donovan. And he was at the backstage of a circus one day, and he was looking at these wonderful elephants. (coughs) Excuse me, he was marveling at how majestic and big and strong they were. And then he noticed that they, they stayed in place. They didn't go anywhere. There was no cage around them or anything like that, but they had one rope tied to, to one leg that went to a stake in the ground. And they didn't try to, to break free from that. He sat there looking at this going, wow, here's this magnificent strong animal that could just break that rope with, just by thinking about it. He doesn't try to do that. So he found a trainer and asked them, well, you know, why is it these strong animals won't, won't try to break that rope? And he says, ah, oh, they learn from an early age. They're very young and weak. We tie them like this. They realize they can't break it. So when they get older, they don't even try. You know, in our lives, we, we, we have these moments, right? It's a new year. We set these goals. We set these resolutions. We see these strongholds. You know, they call them Jerichos, whatever they might be. We get enthusiastic, God's going to do something, yes. I believe in his plan, I believe that God has the power. At the end of the day, I'm just not completely thinking he's going to pull it off. So there has to be a moment, I think, for us, there has to be an abandonment. We say, Lord, it is your way or no way. You know, as two churches coming together and becoming one, we have this new year set in front of us. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be growing pains. There's going to be situations, but our eyes, right, our focus needs to be upon the Lord. What He desires, because this isn't by chance or fate, right? The world would say, "Oh man, what a, that really lucked out for you." No. No. We believe in God's promises. We have faith. God will fulfill His promises. Right. Come obedient to His plan. We you know He's got to purpose in this. It seem strange at times, right? It's not how we do it. It's not how they do it. We'll figure that out. Ultimately, at the end, we trust his power of confidence. God is all-powerful. He is the one who sustains us. He's the one who will carry us through our own lives, right? Independently, individually, and as a church. He will lead us forward because this is who he is. With that, I'd like to Close in prayer this morning.